0: Welcome to the Cultural Technologies Podcast. I am Bernard dionysus Gagan. I would like to start today's podcast by asking you to pause and think. What are you doing? Where is your body? What's on your mind? Why did you decide to listen to this podcast now rather than, say, in an hour or a week? Why did you choose to listen to a podcast rather than, say, put down your iPod and just go for a walk unaccompanied by electronics? Chances are it has something to do with managing your attention. Perhaps there is another, more pressing task you've chosen to postpone by listening to this podcast. Then again, maybe you're eager to tidy your apartment and you prefer the sound of my, my voice to accompany your cleaning rather than being alone with your thoughts. Or maybe you just googled the name of today's guest, and perhaps uh, the word attention, and thought that listening to a podcast about the concept of attention, provided an easier entry point to this research than, say, reading a 350-page book on the topic. The possibilities for why you're listening to this podcast are infinite, but most of them come down one way or another to managing attention, shifting it, dividing it, maximizing it, suspending it, or distributing it. Today's guest, uh, Petra Loeffler, is here to give us a partial history of these practices, which he excavates in her book, "Verteilte Aufmerksamkeit, Eine Mediengeschichte des Zerstroem, so Distributed Attention, Eine a, a Media History of Distraction. Does that sound right? Yeah, sounds right. Um, so Petra, thanks for speaking with us today.
1: Thank you too for inviting me.
0: So, as I understand your book... Um, You argue that this seemingly personal idiosyncratic practice, uh, known as distraction, in fact has a cultural history. That is, in some sense, it was invented uh, or reinvented during the 18th and 19th century by science and entertainment. Is this a fair characterization?
1: Yes, I would say yes. um, because. Actually, the very concept of distraction has a really long history, going back to the um, to ancient philosophy, to Plato and so on. But I have found out uh, during my search that during the eighteenth century the concept was reformulated, not only in terms of uh, a relationship uh, between the relationship between attention and distraction which were regarded as um, facilities uh, human facilities um, but also in terms of uh, a culture of distraction of course um, these uh, mental um, concepts were more regarded as as social concepts Mm -hmm. during the 18th century because um, uh, the um, Um, need for relaxation the need for social interaction uh, becomes more important during that time Mm
0: -hmm. so um, for example in what types of contexts are people you know either geographically or professionally in what types of contexts are people becoming interested in the problem of Mm -hmm. Um, distraction and relaxation and so on
1: yeah the field is very diverse it started with the philosophy Um, you can go back to Montaigne who was one of the first philosophers who developed a positive meaning of distraction as a technique uh, um, related to being apart from from sufferings of the soul, being re- relieved um, in a certain way. And you can go to Immanuel Kant too, which is also a philosopher of course, but also in the field of medicine, because there were mental breakdowns, uh, which were cured in a certain way using distractions like horse riding, ball games, mm-hmm. promenading, and so on, as a um, um, as a practice, I would say, as a practice, which helps the body to recover from stress and or mental breakdown. And these little diversions, um, like horse riding, promenading, ball gain for instance, helps uh, the body to recover from 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 those uh, illness, and um, this was regarded as very necessary in th- this time already. Uh, so the field or the discipline of medicine was is very important, mm-hmm. and also uh, pedagogy is very important to, to think about because. Um, uh, school children uh, were regarded as uh, very depending on modes of attention and uh, the, necessity, uh, the necessity to interrupt uh, certain uh, tasks uh, to be relaxed mm-hmm. uh, to, 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 to have the uh, possibility to relax again so also uh, pedagogy has paid more attention on the um, relationship between modes of distraction, which is not useful in terms of um, um, learning, mm-hmm. but, al- but, but also um, it is necessary for, um, for practices concerning relaxation, And to interrupt something Mm -hmm. to be on the other state of mind.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. And so as I understand your book, um, and I should have said at the beginning, so your training is in art history, is that right, Originally, Yes, yes. And you're you're currently teaching film and media studies in Weimar?
1: Media philosophy.
0: Media philosophy.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Uh, and so you're coming at this, uh, also as your title suggests, from a background that involves media history, but also questions of aesthetics and philosophy. Mm. Um, and so in the history you write, uh, it seems that you think sometime around 1800, yeah. the nature and definition of distraction starts yeah. to change. Yeah. So what is it that starts happening at this time?
1: Mm. I would say uh, distraction has become more and more a social topic, a topic concerning sociality, uh, needs for entertainment in a popular, more popular way concerning, for instance, theater, the panorama, and so on, and um, it's found it very interesting that a philosopher like Immanuel Kant um, praised um, distraction as an art of living Concerning the social aspect of being in a community,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and being in a community uh, means a shift in regarding distraction. It's not only um, a physical state of a certain mm-hmm. individual; it is also um, a social, uh, um, a social mode. Of uh, entertaining in a community, mm-hmm. so I became more interested in looking at specific sites of mostly urban entertainment, like such as uh, the panorama, or the theater, or the um, uh, world fairs, for instance, uh, or at the end of the nineteenth century, the cinema. Mm-hmm.
0: And so, just to uh, give some historical context, so um, what is so you know what is the panorama? What were the world's fairs, and mm. how do they relate to something like distraction or you know modernity?
1: First of all, there were sites where the public uh, was attracted to go there. Uh, there were on, a, on the other level, you can say they are built architectures of distractions, mm-hmm. architectures that make a certain way of distraction possible. Mm-hmm. Insofar far, it offers a mode of perception and a mode of moving the body, through the panorama over the uh, pavilions, pavilions and uh, streets and uh, facilities of the, the World Fair. So I would say this new regime of destruction mm-hmm. concerning uh, modern societies, uh, by which I mean urban culture, the growing of cities uh, in the 18th and 19th century, Uh, the growing mass population all Mm -hmm. these factors are related to this new regime of distraction, which means entertainment of urban masses and of course they had to build facilities, they had to build special sites for entertainment and uh, the circus is one uh, it's another example uh, concerning those special Architects, architectures of uh, distraction, and I was really, um, I was really interested in uh, finding out how these regimes of distraction, the popular uh, sites of uh, entertainment, and the scientific thinking mm-hmm. about. Um, uh, distraction in medicine in pedago- uh, pedagogy or you know, also in, in philosophy are related mm-hmm. and I don't regard them as very different things you know of course as I said um, Kant was very considered um, about the social function of distraction mm-hmm. and this is a new thinking mm-hmm. this social uh, meaning mm-hmm. of distraction in terms of relaxation, in terms of entertainment of an urban mass or of urban masses. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so, so if I understand the story correctly, so in in these urban centers, so uh, Paris and London, you have these new built spaces, right? Whether Mm -hmm. it's a panorama, whether it's a World's Fair, some type of popular exhibition, but there are all these places where the urban masses are going and they're sort of being stimulated by these amazing sights and spectacles. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's sort of like the city, the theater, these built spaces are where this new culture of distraction and entertainment begin getting organized and constructed. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, where and how do scientific spaces for thinking mm. about or describing uh, distraction emerge?
1: Mostly in the experimental uh, sciences, mm-hmm. um, in experimental physiology and psychology at first. And the the task um, in these laboratories uh, was they wanted to to measure attention, they wanted to measure attention spans, spans. they wanted to measure um, how long could one concentrate on one thing and what um, patterns of um, organizing attention and distraction um, were possible or were used by, by, by people. And uh, it's interesting that (laughs) um, in these laboratories, the scientists try to find out what is attention as a single act. Mm -hmm. But whatever they have done to reach this goal, they failed. Of course, they wanted to exclude distraction from their from from the setting of the experiments but even if they have closed all the doors and were able to to let uh, the noise out of the room mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't work because even if the um, experimenter were outside the room and the Uh, subject was alone in a room and has to react on something on on some uh, some noise for instance it was the human subject itself that Mm -hmm. was tricked by his own um, uh, fleeting consciousness and by his own distribution of attention so science wasn't able experimental science wasn't able to figure out what is a single act of attention and I think uh, they had to um, reformulate the very concept of attention and the reformulation was the concept of a distributed attention Mm -hmm. so distribution uh, No attention can't be defined as a single act it has to be defined as a mode of Constantly fleeting between different um, attractors, signals, whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. So the idea would be somehow attention and distraction aren't necessarily opposites, but part of a yeah. They're part of one another.
1: Yeah, yeah. You can say the, uh, my um, argument is that this opposition, which has a long Tradition in um, classical psychology, even until then, uh, today, is um, um, is collapsed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Of course, um, attention is distributed attention, and distributed attention means distraction.
0: Mm-hmm. So, w- is it fair to say that? And we have to. So I'm trying to distinguish here both between the level which is your argument and mm. the level which is, say, 19th century sciences yeah. argument. Um, but is it is it fair to say the idea is something like distraction is gradually becoming productive? It's becoming yeah. useful.
1: Yeah. Um, concerning the, uh, the philosophers um, and thinkers of the 18th century or 19th or 20th century, such as um, Kant or Benjamin and Krakow in the, beginning 20, in, in the beginning of the 20th century, they were thinking about distraction as a positive and even revolutionary way to move bodies, to... Um, activate uh, mm-hmm. certain energies. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So, um, for example, uh, let's think uh, politically, right? Mm-hmm. Politically, what could be a use of distraction?
2: Mm.
1: Historically spoken, um, I have just uh, mentioned Benjamin and Krakauer, and these two thinkers were convinced by the idea for a certain time, not, for, for, for a certain time, uh, that distraction, reception and distraction is able to activate a mass in the cinema at least, uh, to be an active political um, um,
0: a unit, a body, a yeah, actor, yeah. actor, yeah. yeah,
1: active political actor. Uh, so don't sounds very good, but yeah, um, as a player in in this field of uh-huh. uh, political and aesthetic uh, issues at that time, and I, I I'm I'm speaking um, on the twen- uh, on the twenties of the uh, last century, for sure.
0: 1920s, 1920s, 1930s 20s, in Germany, yes. probably.
1: Yeah, and from from our time, this looks like a very naive mm-hmm. point of view. And for sure, we have to consider the concrete political circumstances which put up such a, notion, a positive notion of distraction as a revolutionary force, but as I think, it's not for, it's not uh, wasting time to go back to this idea, Mm -hmm. because um, at the beginning of the 21st century, um, we have, of course we have uh, again discussions about uh, distraction in a very conservative and very alarming way, mm-hmm. and it helps, uh, as I think, it helps to um, to understand the background of uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: of this thing of um, of uh, And, and the relevance, of course, of this concept. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of, um, um i
0: I mean, let's put it so here. Here be a way of, of posing the question. Um, all right. So today, I think you could say there's something like a crisis. I mean, yeah. in, in popular discourse, if you're watching, if you're watching not TV, only, the news, not
1: only in popular discourse.
0: So in in medical discourse, in pedagogy, there's Mm. this anxiety over uh, something like a deficit of attention, right? Attention deficit Mm. disorder and hyperactivity, Mm. Uh, and so you know one of the reasons I kept pushing on this question of what's the positive value of distraction is because it seems to be something that uh, is so pathologized in the present. And it's and it's strange because we're also sort of addicted to our distraction. We want more and more devices mm. that are mm. supposed to make you productive, but instead they always distract you. Mm. So is this um, is this present moment, and it's sort of anxiety over distraction? Do you see that as being somehow continuous with this longer history of distraction, or have we gone through some type of break where we're thinking about distraction differently in the twenty first century?
1: Um. This is a good question, of course, and I have thought a lot about it. Of um, course, uh, uh, what is uh, it appears to me that the day that we are always, that uh, digital media has shaped our daily life mm. in in lot lots of ways. Um, we are very addicted uh, to our digital tools. And again, uh, we are using uh, those tools partly at our homes alone, and partly in interaction with other people. Mm -hmm. So what I wanted to say is, the cinema was such an important topic for Benjamin and Krakow to think about a political function or political utopia of distraction because the cinema is a place where people come together mm-hmm. as a mass, as an audience, as a spectatorship. And it was an important uh, uh, argument for mm-hmm. them to to look what distraction does with this audience. And for, for them, it activates them. Uh, it activates their bodily activities, and um, it's not in it. in uh, It's not that they, they are relaxed uh, looking at, f- at the film, but uh, they have um, uh, to react on very different uh, signals, very different shocks, mm-hmm. so to say, for Benjamin. And this uh, which uh, which makes you this uh, seeing of a film makes you familiar with these uh, um, very fast um, shocks, so that you can react without paying attention mm-hmm. to this, and as um, as a mode of being not conscious about what these uh, shocks are doing to you Mm -hmm. makes you um, makes you makes you able to to react as a body as a whole body Mm -hmm.
0: It um, has a kind of collectivizing function, it brings the whole group together. A kind of
1: collectivizing function, yes, that's true. But today we have uh, those very differentiated milieus of uh, using mediars. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, again, we are looking more on the level of the individual, mm-hmm. on the level of what is too much for one person mm-hmm. too much of this or that
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and we don't look again as the uh, collective building mm-hmm. uh, functions of media reception
0: so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to summarize the argument and bring it together in in a way that you can tell me if this is if this is right or not. Right, so if, you, if you're writing a kind of history here of distraction, there's a couple of different levels. Yeah. Right? So you have something like 17th and 18th century, maybe distraction is emerging as a kind of bourgeois leisure or something. Certain mm-hmm. philosophers are interested in how you can you know, go horse riding or whatever, and this is a, a respite, a break from every day. Mm-hmm. And it seems like you're describing in the 19th century... <coughs> this emergence of distraction as a kind of mass phenomenon mm. that brings huge audiences together around industrial entertainment and so on. And it seems to me that right part of your argument here is that at this point, distraction, if you really look at it, it's not just some something isolated that an individual does, mm. but rather uh, a way that people come together and have common, maybe even transformative experiences Uh, Yeah? Fun. Fun? Okay, so fun. Uh, So moving into the 20th century, I mean, it's interesting, at at this time when a lot of people would have been worried, I think, that fascism was just sort of brainwashing people and brainwashing mass audiences, there still were certain critics or philosophers like Walter Benjamin or Siegfried Krakauer trying to say, well, maybe there's some some potential to sort of see political transformation in these crowds that are gathered mm-hmm. together and so in the present, part of what you're saying is we've lost this, as we sort of all have our own private devices we've lost our sense of the collective and communal aspects of distraction, mm-hmm. is, is that a reasonable history?
1: Yes, this is a reasonable history up to the point that um um I regard distraction as a technique, as a, of the, of soci- uh, which can build sociality, to not only attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, attention is evaluated again as as a te- technique, taking care of oneself, taking care of of others, um, building. Uh, um, a bond between generations, like for instance, uh, Bernard Claire is, is arguing, and I say yes, that's true. But on the other hand, distraction is a mode of um, relaxation mm-hmm. is also is also a technique of taking care mm-hmm. of oneself and of others. As a community so I would not uh, say that's only um, attention that uh, helps us out of Mm -hmm. certain social problems of um, concerning media, consumerism, Mm -hmm. concerning cultural techniques like uh, writing or reading Mm -hmm. which have become less important and in this field of discussions I miss the awareness that all mental activities are exhausting
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and also things you do with a huge amount of concentration
2: mm-hmm.
1: exhaust you. So you need to change your your state of um, mind. You have to make a pause. You have mm-hmm. to go out for a coffee or whatever. And we do this, but we don't pay much attention on this... Distractive sides of mm-hmm. um, um, of attention, mm-hmm. and even that uh, we always do this distribution of attention when when we walking when we are walking on the street, for instance. There are traffic signals. There are other people around. We have to navigate through them. We do this mostly. Even we do this, if we have headsets on Mm or listening music, we do this by, it has become our habit in everyday life. So we manage um, uh, the distributing attention Mm -hmm. on a very basic level and um, it is part of our everyday behavior Mm -hmm. I would say.
0: So, you know, if one was to be a little uh, romantic about it or something, I mean, we might describe your book as a kind of plea for a kind of mindfulness about distraction, for a kind of recognition of its, and even appreciation Mm -hmm. of its place in our everyday life.
1: Yeah, on a certain level, yes. And I also want to, uh, I wanted to... uh, develop the concept further Of uh, course, I'm, I'm very interested in conceptions of distribution
2: mm-hmm.
1: of energy, of matter, as a philosophical concept a distribution of power at the end. And I'm very suspicious about concepts of power, of hierarchies. Mm-hmm. And for me also the concept of distraction as distributed attention, and the processes of distribution, are interested, uh, interesting, because they brought me to a thinking of, hierarch, uh, of um, heterica, heterarchies Oh yeah, I uh, know. Yeah,
0: I don't even know if we have the word in English, but yeah, hierarchy. I mean, sure. Yeah, hierarchies. Yeah, Heterarchies. yeah. yeah.
1: The, the word exists in English, but I can't pronounce it. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah, of um, microstructures uh-huh. and micropolitics mm-hmm. and the met, metaphorically speaking, the metaphor of distribution which is for me not only a metaphor, it's a practice, yeah, mm-hmm. I would say it's it's a practice, and um, I want to develop much more further the concept of distraction as a regime of distributing power, mm-hmm. so that's one point yeah. I want to make, and distribution, distributing power uh, means for me, also, to criticize notions about <coughs> pathological forms of distraction. I don't regard them as pathological per se.
0: So you know what for you is the the political meaning mm-hmm. of say uh, discourses that describe um, distraction as a form of Pathology, sickness, yeah. deficit.
1: Yeah, For me, this is a mode of suppressing certain uh, modes of, of reception,
2: mm-hmm.
1: of media or modes of being at the end. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, and for me, pathology, pathologisierung yeah. is not... Um, it's not a solution
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know it's not you, you can't drop a and it's mm-hmm. over no it, it wouldn't work mm-hmm. like this so, so you have to reconsider the ways you treat certain modes of let's say being mm-hmm. in a philosophical way as pathological states mm-hmm. is always saying uh, we don't need this it's mm-hmm. always a decision that makes exclusions mm-hmm. it's always um, it's always a mode of establishing hierarchies
2: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: there's a doctor who says you, you have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder you have to To work on this,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. I, I don't know. This This is a um, white field, but it's um, pathological attributions are always uh, political
0: attributions. Attributions. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can't. So, and half rates. You know there's a lot of construction work Mm -hmm. going on. Construction work makes this sense? No. It's a kind
0: of it's constructing. It's constructing Mm. and it's creating a particular contingent meaning. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, It it always uh, seems to find a name for for a couple of symptoms, mm-hmm. you can't deal with them. It's always a, um, a way to handle uncertainties.
2: Mm-hmm. To say,
1: oh, it's it's that, mm-hmm. or it's this, and you can't do this or that. Yeah, you can pull purse, mm-hmm. pull purse, uh, take purse, yeah. take take purse. Mm.
0: So the idea would be. Um, and again, it does sound a little uh, Stieglerian, Bernard Stiegler. Uh, but the, so the idea is partially the the discussion or discourse around distraction is part of a, say, political mechanism that's trying to sort of yes. capture and control yeah. and create yes. legitimate types of yes. yeah. attention, knowledge, yeah. behavior. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's a technique of controlling. Mm-hmm. As you have said, yeah, I, I totally agree with your description.
0: And so this turn towards, you know, which is I guess more something that's coming, that's building off of your second book, or you're building off of this book, but not so much explicit. But so, so this is sort of leading you to think more about a kind of micro politics of, let's say, alternate alternate affinities community knowledge based on distraction or something
1: based on distribution distribution, distribution of distribution is is the term I yeah. I want to focus on more now yeah. course my reconstruction of uh, regimes of uh, distraction in the history mm-hmm. um, of modernity mm-hmm. uh, brought me to uh, think more on a philosophical way mm-hmm. on modes of distribution mm-hmm. and so the focus has changed a little bit mm-hmm. but as I said um, the most fascinating um, experience I had writing this book was finding out more about or finding out that there was a we re- Consideration, uh, reconfiguration of the term distraction mm-hmm. during the eighteenth century, and I said, like, "Wow!" Mm. Because, and this is worth to mention, because this is also has to do with uh, the demands of modernity, uh, where every part of of life has mm-hmm. become temporalized. Mm-hmm. So that means um, all things people do during the day and during the night and during their whole life was measured
2: Mm -hmm.
1: by time. So you have, during the 19th century, you have this awareness about differentiating Mm -hmm. between work and leisure Mm -hmm. by time. Mm-hmm. You know, and all parts of, of life were mm-hmm. differentiated uh, concerning mm-hmm. time. We have the schedules think, over and over.
0: I mean, it reminds me. I think there's this uh, there's this argument. Uh, it's part of a broad argument, but I only remember the part that interested me. I think there's a part an argument of E.P. Thompson about the making of the English working class, mm-hmm. where, for example, he looks at how it is that that the something like drunkenness yes. becomes a problem? Yeah, and, it, and he says it's it's precisely when you start having industrialized work, yeah. where people have to show up at a certain time. Yeah. There's time when you're you're in the office. There's time, or you know, the factory, and time you're at home. That suddenly you have a problem with people who are drunk and show up late. You know, because there's again, he part of the way he says is time itself is being measured, mm. right? Yeah so maybe so this is probably part of what you're describing
1: yeah and it's also a factor of economy yeah yeah because if you go drunk to work you will not be very productive Mm -hmm. probably or i Mm -hmm. don't know or you uh, maybe you will find other ways to be productive Mm so (laughs) yeah it would be a nice uh, surprise
0: so in a sense the the you know the rhetoric of attention, the rhetoric of being focused, you know, even shapes the way people are talking about, say, a seeming pathology like alcoholism, right? In a mm. sense that even that is shaped actually by, it's not obvious, but it's being shaped by industrial and political interests that are, you know, deploying the notion of distraction. For example, he can't focus on his work, he's drunk yeah that itself is not simply a medical intervention that's no. also a political intervention
1: of course you have these discussions uh, over and over again mm-hmm. it has to do with preparing people for being able to survive in uh, mm-hmm. modern industrialized economized societies yeah mm-hmm. this is part of the uh, disciplinary regime, mm-hmm. which was et- established in this time, and so this is also the uh, the adventure, so to say, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, distraction. this distraction is a mode of, uh, of freedom uh, mm-hmm. to 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 use um, uh, a word which I know it's. I, yeah, I I know this. Uh, I say this with, with a certain patterns, mm-hmm. but yes, I would say you can uh, you, are, you you have this relief when you when you are distracted, even during your 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 work yeah. uh, in your office. Yeah, so if you are uh, working very hard, for instance, writing an article or whatever, yeah, it's uh, it's a moment of freedom. So, to say, if you be distracted from Mm -hmm. your work by Mm -hmm. looking through the window or doing some bodily um, Mm divorcement, like uh, whatever you do, you can do something with your fingers, Mm -hmm. you can. Yeah, move your body Stretch, meditate Whatever, you do Smoke a cigarette Smoke a cigarette, yes yes.
0: Well, thank you for this introduction to the concept of distributed attention Um, Maybe as a closing question uh, What's your favorite form of distraction? Of distributing your attention?
1: That's a good question Yeah, um, short answer uh, Riding my bike Mm Mm-hmm and of course it's a very, very bodily um, action, but I, I always look around, I always notice my environment and of course you have to distribute your attention, of course you are not alone on the street, mm-hmm. um, and your surrounding is very important, you have to react on certain unpredictable things, you have to look after other mm-hmm. um, passers by, other vehicles mm-hmm. and also you have an, uh, strong impression about the atmospheric mm-hmm. um, uh, things like, you know, the weather, the wind mm-hmm. and so, so um, this I like because in this mode of disability attention, you feel connected mm-hmm. to your surrounding, to your environment, so mm-hmm. to say. And I, uh, I also feel a kind of freedom in it because I don't think, oh, yeah, ha- I have to do this. I have to look for this <laughs> traffic sickness. I have to look for that. For that, I just do it. Yeah. I'm. I'm, since since I was a child, and uh, since I was, uh, uh, I've been trained t- to ride a bike. Mm-hmm. I, I'm used to do this, and this is also a point um, uh, on which uh, Benjamin paid a lot of attention. To be used training your attention to mm-hmm. be distributed, it's a very good thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I, uh, I hope that this podcast has provided a tool <laughs> for, the, uh, for the listeners to distribute their attention for a little bit. Um, we're grateful for you coming to speak with us today.
1: Let's have a
2: cigarette.
0: Let's have a cigarette.